We cover the latest labor market data. U.S. manufacturing growth slows the biggest analyst calls of the day. GameStop shares rise and GM sales fall. This is the Running With The Money weekly recap. Let's get into it. up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Weekly Recap, powered by Pound on the Table. I'm your host, Luke Donay. We're going to get right into it. So the Dow Jones finishing the day up 139 points, S&P up 15, and the NASDAQ up 40. At one point today, the market was down actually quite a solid amount, rebounded here end of day. So a very interesting end to the week. But shifting into the biggest headline of the day, at least across the core airwaves when it comes to news, non-farm payrolls expanding by 431000 for the month, bringing that unemployment rate to 3.6%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday. Now, not only that, but if you compare this to the expectation out of Dow Jones of 490000 on payrolls and 3.7% at that jobless level, um, the numbers came in better than expected, or at least one of them. Now, shifting into an alternative measure of unemployment, and this includes discouraged workers and also those who hold part-time jobs. So you take a look at at this metric here, and that actually fell to a seasonally adjusted 6.9%, which is roughly uh, a decline of 0.3% from the previous month. But overall, the data coming out of the U.S. labor market is pretty darn solid. Now, shifting into labor force participation, that rate did increase by one-tenth of a percent to 62.4%. So that was a pretty solid metric there as well that we got this morning. Taking a look at the labor force itself, it grew by 418,000 participants. And that is now within 174,000 of the level we saw pre-pandemic. So that is a pretty big number there. 418,000 labor force grew by. Now shifting into average hourly earnings. What did we see there? And by the way, this is also an inflation metric that is often watched by many economists. Taking a look here, average hourly earnings increasing 0.4% for the month, which was right in line with expectations. And then on a 12-month basis, we saw pay rising 5.6%. Basically, this is just a year-over-year metric, year-over-year, 12 months, same, same. Uh, But that pay rose 5.6%, and that was also in line with estimates. And then the round out, All the labor market data we got this week, average work week, so the length of that average work week, that actually figures into productivity, but that came in actually down about 0.1 hours, bringing the average work week, according to the latest data, at 34.6 hours. Now, shifting into U.S. manufacturing growth, it is indeed losing steam. So according to a report we got this morning, the Institute of Supply Management's gauge Factory activity did indeed decline to 57.1 from 58.6. Now, when looking at this data, it is important to note that readings above 50 do indeed indicate expansion. So we're still expanding when it comes to U.S. manufacturing growth, but we did drop from 58.6 to 57.1 in the latest reading. Also, the ISM's new orders measure, that dropped 8 points in March to 53.8 and factory output dropped four points to 54.5. So you're seeing a bit of slowing when it comes to U.S. manufacturing in these latest reports. Now, 
We also take a look at the index of prices paid by producers. That actually increased to 11 or by 11.5 points to 87.1, which marks the largest monthly improvement or increase in that number we have seen since the end of 2020. Now, experts are saying, Bloomberg is saying, that the majority of that increase is mostly due to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, which drove up oil and metal prices. Now, shifting into the final metric when it comes to U.S. manufacturing. So, the index of factory employment, that actually increased to a one-year high of 56.3 in March. We also saw the measure of supplier delivery times easing, which is good for at least supply chains. And we also saw order backlogs actually grew at a softer pace. So, the pace at which backlogs are growing actually slowed a bit too. So, mostly negative metrics coming out of the U.S. manufacturing sector in these latest reports. You're seeing some growth slowing, but you're also seeing some slight improvements, for instance, in delivery times. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had J.P. Morgan removing Apple from their focused list. They go on to say, quote, We believe it's apt to moderate our near-term bullishness for shares of Apple and Qualcomm, which we have had on the analyst focus list. As we look for clarity on the magnitude of the consumer spending pullback and instead pivot to adding our top picks in networking equipment, Arista and Sienna, to the analyst focus list as we expect strong resiliency in spending from both telecom customers towards their networks as well as from cloud companies towards building infrastructure to support workload migration to the cloud. So JP Morgan removing both Apple and Qualcomm from their focus list. We also had Piper Sandler reiterating Snap is overweight. Firming on the say, quote, our analysis is a bottom-up estimate of Snap's addressable users. It suggests compelling pockets of user growth opportunity exist in nations like Mexico, Brazil, Italy, and Spain. So Piper Sandler, bullish on Snap, reiterating it as overweight and seeing growth in Brazil, Mexico, Spain, and Italy. Now, shifting into Goldman Sachs, reiterating Tesla as a buy, I know, a fan favorite. The foreman on this, a quote, overall, while we believe that demand is very strong and indicators suggest that shipments had been tracking up modestly quarter over quarter in the head of the street, the shutdown of Giga Shanghai during the last week of the quarter and the related logistics challenges in China imply to us that there could be some slight downside to our 315,000 delivery estimate and that deliveries could end up being in line to modesty above the street. So in essence, Goldman Sachs reiterating Tesla as a buy, citing some possible really supply chain issues, manufacturing issues stemming from the shutdown of Shanghai, China due to COVID. But at the same time, they're noting that the deliveries could come under their estimate, but above street estimates. So it's definitely going to be an interesting name to watch when they get around to reporting those deliveries. Now shifting into another call at Goldman Sachs reiterating Alphabet is a buy. The firm on the say, quote, overall, and similar to our other digital ad coverage, we expect revenue growth to decelerate sequentially in the second quarter of 2022 before reaccelerating in the second half of 2022 amidst easier year-over-year comps. So Goldman Sachs liking what they see in Alphabet, expecting a slowdown, but still liking the stock. Also, Bernstein naming JD.com a top pick. The firm goes on the say, quote, We have decided to put JD back as our new sector top pick. We expect the company's growth to remain resilient, and Q1 has sounded solid despite Omicron challenges, and 
We expect the company to continue to outgrow peers in the subsequent quarters. So, Bernstein, bullish on JD.com, naming it a top pick. And then finally, we had Bank of America, naming Target a top second quarter pick. This go around, they go on to say, quote, Target stores as hub strategy is working. As average sales per store have increased around 30% over the last two years, and Target stores fulfilled greater than 95% of 2021 sales. Same-day services continue to lead digital growth, making Target competitive to both brick-and-mortar retailers as well as Amazon, Bank of America, liking the strategy out of Target. Now, shifting into an interesting headline that came out on one of those meme stonks, as people like to call them, GameStop shares rising as the company did indeed announce that they are going to ask the board to implement a stock split or at least vote its approval through. So, GameStop, they will be seeking stockholder approval at their next shareholder meeting for an increase in the number of their Class A common stock shares from $300 million to $1 billion to partially conduct a stock split that will come out as a stock dividend. Very interesting. Now, according to management on quote, the authorization would provide flexibility for future corporate needs. So, a very interesting headline coming out of GameStop, in essence, going for an approval of a stock split to offer shareholders a stock dividend. Some big-time stuff. Sending GameStop way up once again. Now, shifting into GM, sales declining first quarter U.S. sales falling 20% from a year ago. So, year over year, those U.S. sales down 20% with the company pretty much blaming it on those ongoing supply chain issues that stem from semiconductors. And it is important to note that this decline was expected by analysts, by the way, so it wasn't a huge shock, but still a pretty darn solid decline. Now, GM's North America chief did say that semiconductor chips and supplies are improving, though, and that he does expect that the company will be able to post year-over-year sales increases within the second half of 2022. So, by the second half of 2022, he expects those numbers to improve quite a bit due to the fact that this semiconductor shortage and supply chains are getting better. Now, we actually did get commentary out of him. He went on to say, quote, supply chain disruptions are not fully behind us, but we expect to continue outperforming 2021 production levels, especially in the second half of the year. And that was Steve Carlisle, president of GM's North America Business Unit. Now, before we go, I want to mention, so GM, they delivered 512,846 vehicles in the first quarter, and that still lagged Toyota, which took the crown not too long ago. Now, what did Toyota report? And this is important. So Toyota actually said today as well that their first quarter U.S. sales fell 14.7% from a year ago, bringing their number to 514,492. So it's not just GM seeing declines. It's also major automakers globally within the U.S., such as Toyota, seeing sales declines also. And before we go, as of the end of March, GM did indeed have 274,000 vehicles in their U.S. inventory, and that includes vehicles in transit to dealers. That was up from 200,000, that metric we saw at the year end, and also 129,000 as of the end of September. So a big improvement also in their U.S. inventory. Now, shifting in to a quick review of the week, Monday, we had President Biden's budget for 2023, some major tax hikes through there. You saw 
a proposed raise in the corporate tax from its current 21% to 28%. You saw a raise in that top individual tax bracket to 39.6%. Once again, all of this is just proposed, has not yet passed. This is his budget proposal. A very interesting proposal. And if you want to know more, uh, just go give the Monday briefing a listen and we cover it very much in depth. Also Monday, we had Tesla proposing another stock split to offer a stock dividend, pretty much filing and saying that they are going to ask the board to pass that through here at the next meeting. In fact, you got a tweet out of the company. They said, quote, Tesla will ask shareholders to vote at this year's annual meeting to authorize additional shares in order to enable a stock split. And then finally on Monday, we had Apple reportedly cutting production of their new iPhone SE by 20%. But we did note when we covered this that while this is significant, the iPhone SE is not a huge core part of their iPhone sales. So it's not a super big worry, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. If you want more details on that, and we actually had some commentary out of JP Morgan on this on Monday as well, go check out the Monday briefing. And then on Tuesday, we had potential deals coming out of Uber, specifically when it comes to San Francisco. They're working a deal with a taxi company, Flywheel, um, to basically allow taxi drivers to not only book rides as normal, but book rides through Uber's app. So that is definitely another deal to pay attention to. And then finally, on Tuesday, GM increasing their EV production. That was definitely interesting. In essence, in summary, what we saw was GM is working and targeting um, quicker manufacturing of their EVs and getting them out sooner. And actually, they were seeing those reservations, the conversion from reservation to purchase rise specifically for their EVs. So that's going to be something to pay attention to. And we went through all the data on that and even management commentary on the Tuesday briefing. So go check that out. And then shifting into the back end of the week, on Thursday, we had, of course, more macro data that we covered, that personal consumption expenditure index rising 6.4% throughout the year through February, making it the fastest inflation rate since 1982, the fastest increase there, craziness. And then if you excluded food and energy from that personal consumption expenditure price index, you saw an increase 5.4%, marking the biggest jump going back to April of 1983. We also covered some other metrics such as customer spending, disposable income, savings, jobless claims, all of which looked like um, some solid economic data with some big-time inflation behind it. And also, rounding out the week, we had the Biden administration taking big actions on oil and OPEC. We went through the decisions OPEC was making and the decisions the Biden administration was making in regards to global oil and, of course, those gas prices here in the United States. That is definitely something you're going to want to listen to. We covered so much when it came to the Biden admin and OPEC and how all of that is affecting the oil markets at the moment and more broadly, the energy markets. But that is the show for today. Thank you for listening to the weekly recap. We'll be back, of course, next week to cover the biggest headlines, biggest news, and what in the world the markets are doing. In the meantime, go get my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please go and give me and my team a listen and follow at Running With The Money on Facebook and Instagram or simply follow me on Twitter at Luke Donay. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you Monday.